This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast on what has become an absolutely gorgeous day here in Northeast Ohio. I'm not sure what it's doing in your neck of the woods, meteorologically speaking, but here in Northeast Ohio, although a tad chilly, as is normally the case for early April, wall-to-wall sunshine, as the play-by-play announcers like to say, deep azure blue sky, not a cloud to be seen, and some of the trees actually budding a little bit. So it is really springtime here as we enjoy it and love it here in our neck of the woods. We tend to have rather wet, stormy springs or the potential to have storms. This is just one of those days where it's just absolutely luxurious. The only thing missing is um, an antidote to the coronavirus. (laughs) That's the only thing missing. Other than that, it would be an absolutely perfect day. So I don't need to tell you that COVID-19 has rocked our world, has rocked our galaxy, has inundated our planet, has completely taken over all facets of the news and media and entertainment and sports And it has completely turned our world upside down and has done so in a relatively short amount of time. And all the projection models have come to pass. Regardless of where you stand politically or regardless of where you thought it would be, really all the projection models have really pretty much been right on target. And Here in the Gratitude Journal podcast domicile, we have been trying to follow the rules. And I think so far we have done pretty, pretty good. We've done a pretty good job. Now, that's not to say that being a rule follower will not land you in the camp of coronavirus sufferers, but I think we're pretty much doing our part. Hopefully, as you listen to this, wherever you are, that you are safe and healthy. And I find myself ending emails with that salutation, and I find others doing it as well. We all want each other to be healthy, and we want each other to be safe. In a forthcoming podcast episode, I want to talk about my cousin Champ, who rather surprisingly passed away last week. And this was not, as far as we know, due to anything coronavirus related. But I have to admit that it's had a fairly deep impact on me. And it probably accounted for me not being able to reel off a podcast last week. Um, it has hit me 
pretty hard, so I guess I'm in a morning state or have been in a morning state, but I'd like to I'd like to wax philosophical about Stanley Sedmock Jr. next time. But I'll save that because the fear and the uncertainty and really just the absolute topsy-turvy way that this whole pandemic has turned our world upside down is really unprecedented. I mean, really, Donna and I right now, my wife, we should be knee-deep in baseball. And we probably would have already crowned a winner in the NCAA playoffs. I know I'm talking about sports, but sports just tend to be a very important thing in our lives. And not to have sports is just very, very strange and very, very weird. But for me, I think the thing that most turns my world topsy-turvy in regards to the coronavirus is just the overall anxiety and the overall fear that I feel. And the fact that really, if you extrapolate all of the directives down to the most minute thing that you either should be doing or should not be doing, there's really no way that most of us should not have some contact with this virus. I mean, this morning, I took it upon myself to go to the mailbox, retrieve the mail, open the mail outside, and then deposit the contents that I knew I wasn't going to keep or needed to keep into the recycle basket outside, bring the contents of the mail inside, have a Clorox wipe ready to try to wipe down the mail. (laughs) Whether that works or not, I'm not sure. But at least it made me feel better, which is very similar to what I did when I brought groceries home last night. I dropped all the bags on the front porch. I wiped all the groceries down, handed them to Donna, once they were dried, and she helped put them away. And this is the regiment that we and many others like us have been operating under to try to find the best way not to have contact. I don't think ever in my life I've ever wiped down the steering wheel of my car. But I find myself doing it. And it is this prolonged anxiety that is probably, for me, the most disconcerting thing. Because there is a part of me, and I'm sure you may feel this as well, there's a part of me that says, these other people in the news get this. I'm not going to get this. And we all know that This virus has no friends. It has no acquaintances. You can't bribe it. It is going to get you whether it wants to or whether it decides not to. And your job, your role in trying to minimize the potential contact with it 
is just fraught with all sorts of sundry ways where you could have contact with it. Is it okay for me to take a delivered newspaper inside the house? Does the virus live on newspaper? I find myself leaving my news, and I love reading my newspaper. I love unfurling my newspaper on the days that it actually is delivered and I don't have to read it on an iPad. I love reading a newspaper, but I find myself leaving it rolled up on the front porch and not bringing it in. And then I get gloves on. Or if I don't have gloves and I put the newspaper in the recycle bin, I try to wash my hands. So it's the fear of all of the various and sundry ways that you can have contact with this and how does it impact me. So it's anxiety filling. And you couple that with the fact that all of us in some way, shape, or form are taking a hit from this whether it's a hit from our job, whether it's a hit to our checkbook, whether it's a hit to any kind of 401k money we might have, uh, a hit to bank accounts, a hit for many to figure out how they're going to struggle or how they are struggling and how they're struggling to figure out how they're going to pay rent or make a mortgage payment. And if you put it off and you're lucky enough to have a utility company not come after you, how am I going to pay it down the road? Because they're going to want their money. My business has taken a hit as well. It's a good time for some of my clients just to say, you know, this is an opportune time for us to make a change or figure out some ways to cut expenses and what you do for us is right now simply a way for us to cut expenses, and this is the perfect time to do it. So, like many, I'm a casualty. And so, while I'm sitting there reading my newspaper in the morning, the downloadable version, trying to determine if there's any tightness in my chest or whether the cough I have is because. Plants are blooming outside and I'm suffering from allergies, or is the coronavirus slowly sneaking up on me? Has it caught me? Has it tripped me up? There is the fear that will there be another client that will sudden, suddenly decide to say, you know, this is just sort of the icing on the cake. It's an opportunity for us to readjust where we're spending, and unfortunately, what you do for us is a luxury and we can't afford you. And of course, if you are ousted from your position, the normal recourse would be to look for something else. But many of the industries that might provide the something else for you have had to temporarily halt and in some cases permanently go out of business. So it's an enormous catch-22. The day is filled with anxiety. So you're presented with a number of choices. The choices of being holed up in your house and trying to make the best of it by getting things done. Getting things done you normally wouldn't get done. 
making sure that during this time that you've utilized that time to the best of your ability to get your resume together or to clean out the basement or to make sure the garage is spick and span or to organize your bills in the file cabinets or learn something new or do something that you haven't done before or do something you have done before but you put it off. This is the opportunity to do that. It is an extraordinarily rough time to find the gratitude amongst all of the bad things that are happening. And that's the way I felt prior to earlier this afternoon. And I was involved in a meeting that I had, a Zoom meeting. I'm on an advisory board for the non-commercial radio station here in town. And on this Zoom conference call, there were about 13 or 14 people on this call. And we, at the beginning of these meetings, we go around and we talk about what we've been doing for a couple of minutes, you know, over the past couple of weeks or the month between meetings. And of course, the topic of conversation was coronavirus and how has this impacted you? And I talked about these same things when it came term, came to be my turn to talk. But someone else had a different take. And they said, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude today. Because I have a chance to learn a whole new set of skills in this time period. Things, small things, that I've really never had the chance to do or the ambition to do because my world was always filled up with all these other things. And now, at least temporarily, my world isn't filled up with all these other things. So I've had time to do this. And I thought, you know what? That person is right. I've been so hung up on all of the negative and all of the bad. Losing clients, losing money, worrying about whether someone was going to pay or not. Worried about how I'm going to find money for this. Worried about keeping my wife safe so that she doesn't get ill. Trying to think ahead of the things I need to do in case I get ill. And I think it's accounted for a lot of the anxiety that I felt, even as early in the day as shortly after I wake up. I was grateful for that person's sense of gratitude because it made me jot a list down. Not just one thing, but it made me jot a list of 10 things that I'm grateful for in light of this pandemic. And I can't even begin to appreciate how devastating it is to use the word pandemic in a sense. <laughs> I mean, it's extraordinary, really. But I thought I'd go over this list very quickly. And number one on the list, I should say number 10 on the list. And you know what? It's not in any order. I'll just say it. I have a warm bed. I drove over the other day to give blood, and I really prepared for it, too. I prepared all week for it. I took my iron pills because I'm slightly anemic. And I tried to eat iron-rich foods, and on the drive over to the Red Cross, 
I kept thinking, you know, I feel so miserable because of these iron pills. If I don't, if I'm not able to get blood because my iron levels are too low, I'm going to be really pissed off. And usually I am because about eh, 60% of the time I'm not able to give because my iron levels are low. And I passed the haven of rest. And I saw those people waiting outside, those people who had tried to queue up early so they could get a space for for those amounts of beds that were available that night. And I put on this list, I have a bed, I have a warm bed. And I don't take that for granted. I'm grateful for that. Because a lot of people waiting in that line, they either don't have a permanent warm bed or that particular night, that Tuesday night, they weren't going to have a warm bed. Next on my list, we've been waiting for some test results for Donna. She had a colonoscopy and an endoscopy several weeks ago. And the surgeon who conducted the tests that day was not very pleased. There are a number of polyps removed, and the one at the top of her stomach seemed to concern him quite a bit. And he said, if I find something out, I'll call you, and if I don't, I'll send you a letter. So I knew instinctively that Donna didn't remember, but I remembered. So while I was around her, I was waiting for her phone to ring. Or if I was downstairs working and I heard her talking upstairs, I wondered, is that the doctor calling? But I didn't want to constantly ask her because I didn't want to worry her, even though I was worried. And on that day, the first day, when I went out to the mailbox to steal the mail and open it outside, I saw that letter, and I saw the sender of that letter was that doctor, and I knew the contents of that letter. I knew that was good news. And I handed it to her, and I said, I think this is the letter you were waiting for. In reality, it was the letter I was waiting for. And even though she has to have another test in three years, the tests on that stomach polyp turned out to be negative. So I'm grateful for that. And third, I'm grateful for my parents. We took them down food, and I took my father some beer. And we've all of all of the siblings have been very concerned about being in, around them, and the fact that two ninety-one-year-old people do not need to get sick with the coronavirus. And so, those of us who work outside with people decided that we were going to limit our contact. I mean, really limit it. And I said to Donna, "You know, we really shouldn't even go into their apartment." And so. It was a Sunday and it was beautiful and I had food to bring them and I had beer to deliver my dad and I set it outside of their door and I had, we had two chairs that we sometimes take to the beach with us when we go to a beach. It's not often, but I keep them in the trunk of my car and we took these chairs and we set them on the sidewalk and we called them and we stood and we sat outside of their window and my mom answered the phone and I said, we have some things for you. It's outside of your door and she came to the door 
and we were sitting on the chair. And of course, my mother didn't really know why we were sitting on the chair, although she has the news on constantly. And she goes, why aren't you coming in? And I said, well, we, we can't come in because of the virus. Oh, you're not supposed to come in. No, we're not supposed to come in. And I sat in that chair and I said to myself, you know, virus or no virus, pretty lucky my parents are still around. And at 91 years of age, both of them are still in remarkably fairly good health. And even though I wasn't able to go inside to see them, I'm pretty happy and grateful that they're still around. Four, I've been sort of friended with an acquaintance of an acquaintance who has been of some help to me. And this person emerged out of the woodwork based on a friendship of mine from long ago. And the short version of this long tale is that this person has been putting me in touch with some people who provide an opportunity for me to replace some of the client work that I've lost. It's in an area that's new to me, but it's an area where I've tried to make some impact. And some of the videos and the sample videos that I put together got in the hands of this person who is a lender um, and works with realtors. And I think that that might evolve into an income stream and an opportunity stream. And I don't know this person and she doesn't know me all that well. I'm guessing that her intentions are very good. She just wanted to help me because I'm a friend of a friend of hers. And I'm grateful for that. I hope it turns into something and I hope it's productive. So I'm grateful. Number five, my niece, also my goddaughter, had another baby and they finally had a boy and that's all they've ever wanted. They have three beautiful girls and Lauren was pregnant again and he, their husband, was absolutely adamant that he hoped and prayed and prayed and then prayed some more that this next baby would be a boy and it was. And it's a healthy boy. It's a beautiful boy. We just looked at the pictures today. Lauren is healthy. All is good amongst the coronavirus. And there's a uh, brand spanking bubbly new boy named Oliver who popped into the world. And I'm grateful for that. Happy for them. Grateful for that. Six. I got a text the other day. From my brother, Pat. He's my youngest brother. And I didn't know this, but it was Brother's Day. And he sent me this text. In fact, he sent all of us, all of my brothers, these texts. And he said it wasn't his text, but he forwarded it to us. And it says, a real man is the kind of man that when your feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh crap, he's up. Brother, life is too short to wake up with regrets. So love the people who treat you right. Forgive the ones who don't just because you can. Believe everything happens for a reason. If you get a second chance, grab it with both hands. 
If it changes your life, let it. Take a few minutes to think before you act when you're mad. Forgive quickly. God never said life would be easy. He just promised it would be worth it. Today is Brother's Day. Send this to all your brothers, fathers, sons, and me if I'm one. Happy Brother's Day. I love you, brother. To the cool men that have touched my life, here's to you. A real brother walks with you when the rest of the world walks on you. And it was just during that day when I just really needed a pickup. And that was the one. So I'm very grateful that he did that. And it spurned me on to create a Zoom video meeting slash get together with all of my family members this Sunday evening because we've all been sharing texts back and forth about, oh, hey, I miss you. And oh, man, it would be good to pop over and, you know, have a beverage, blah, blah, blah. And so I said, I'm going to create this meeting room and we're going to do that. And so that's all been set up. And really, that text made me do that. So I'm very grateful for that. Which really dovetails to number seven, which is that we have the technology to stay in touch. And I'm grateful for that. I lament technology and its superiority over us sometimes. I do. Sometimes I hate it. But in that case, where we're able to share texts and we're able to video conference and we're able to have all of these platforms at our disposal that we didn't have 10 to 15 to 20 years ago. I mean, if that pandemic happened in 1996, the ways that we would not be able to communicate with each other would be extraordinary compared to what we have today. So I'm grateful for that technology. Number eight, warmer weather. The weather hasn't been extraordinarily warm, but the 10-day forecast has temperatures in the mid-50s and up. And when I walked down into the porch this morning to walk down to the mailbox to get the mail, I looked to my left and there sat my snow shovel and I said to myself, I think, I think, in quotation marks, I'm safe to put the snow shovel away. And I'm grateful for that. Number nine. I still have some paying clients. I still have clients who have made me work pretty damn hard over the past couple of weeks. Today in that video conference, people were asking about work, and I said, you know, in some ways, I've been more busy in the last two weeks than I have been all year so far, mainly due to a couple of smaller new projects and due to the fact that some of the clients that I have have not had full staffs, and I made an offer to have me do some of that work to pick up some of that slack, some of it gratis, and some of those folks have taken advantage of that. And that's fine. That's what I asked, and that's what I proposed. But that, in turn, has made me very busy. So I'm hoping that that offer of doing that work gratis will hopefully continue to put me and my company in a good light, and that relationship that we have will continue once this pandemic is over. 
So I'm grateful for those clients who are still sticking with me because I'm still sticking with them. And number 10, as of this date, April the 2nd, 2020, I, that I know of, I am not sick. And my wife is not sick. So I'm, that's me knocking on the wood desk. I'm grateful that at least for this time being, I am not sick. And I'm going to continue to do everything that I can do to try to not be sick. So, not one, but ten small, quick, grateful things in the midst of a pandemic. And hopefully in your world, you have found a similar list, or at least one thing, to be grateful for amidst what could possibly turn out to be a fairly elongated affair. The Gratitude Journal podcast is available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on the iHeart platform, and it's available on Spotify. And I'll continue in some of my downtime to look for uh, other available platforms where the Gratitude Journal podcast can be listened to. And of course, it's hosted by Podbean, and you can always go to Podbean and find the Gratitude Journal podcast there. Here's hoping that you're safe. Here's hoping that you're healthy. Here's hoping that you are using all of the options available to you to continue to remain healthy. And here's to all the people who are ill, that their illness is short and that they survive it and that these catastrophic numbers that the government has been giving us will be completely false. And due to our efforts to continue social distancing and doing our part, that eventually this pandemic will come to an end sooner than later. Thank you. Be well. Thanks again for being a part of the Gratitude Journal podcast.